Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the podcast, Three Sides, with me, Aaron McLeod, where we will talk about all things that fall under the umbrellas of high performance, passion, and equality. All right, we have another great episode lined up for you today. I sit down with Dr. Rachel Linville and I pick her brain about confidence, where it comes from, how to grow it. But before we jump into that, here's a quick word from our sponsor. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one hot spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. All right, we are back with Dr. Rachel Lindvall, co-founder of The Mindful Project. Uh, In the flesh, we're in the same room doing another podcast. I feel so lucky to be here. Thank you for coming on once again. Absolutely. Always happy to be here. (laughs) Yes. Uh, We're on our our second cup of coffee right now, so everyone watch out. Um, The verbal diarrhea may begin. Uh, We are going to talk about confidence today. I'm really excited about this session, actually. I've been most excited about this one because I've learned a lot of different things and different messaging throughout my career, so I would love to just hear your expert opinion on this kind of stuff. So first of all, how would you define confidence? Confidence is what you believe about yourself. It's what you believe to be true about what you bring to the table. Yeah, I um, when I was looking up all these different definitions, confidence, um, what was striking to me was really it is a belief more than anything else, a belief of how good you are or what you can do. This is interesting because I remember um, sitting down with my sports psychologist a long time ago and we, we were talking about confidence because for me, it's something that's been kind of like wavering throughout my career and I want it to be more consistent and always kind of looking for like, how do I find that? And he kind of um, suggested that I sit down and rate myself instead of just on the field. He said, well, why don't you start rating yourself as a, a friend, a sister, a daughter, partner, um, like how I show up to people, who I am. Um, and he said that's where confidence comes from. Uh, do you agree with that? What do you think about that? Yeah, I do agree with that. And I think that who we show up as is who we are. And I think that if we go back to kind of that, that definition of confidence of saying like it's, it's who we believe we are and it's the belief in, in what we bring to the table, I think that sometimes it takes remembering that we are more than just our sports or more than just our job or more than just whatever it is we're feeling mm-hmm. a lack of confidence about. And I think that that reminder of who we are, we bring that person to whatever it is we're doing. And I think so often when I'm working with, with athletes or you know, in the corporate world, people feel like they're either born with confidence or they're not. It's like they almost think like, well, I'm just not a confident person. But confidence is really about 
you know, appreciating who you are and knowing what you bring because everyone brings something different. And if we go back to our last conversation about scarcity, Mm, I think sometimes we look at someone else and say, oh, they have this quality and this quality and this quality. So thus I'm not very confident because I don't have those qualities. Right. When really confidence is about owning what you bring and it's going to be different than someone else and owning that. Yeah. I I mean, I agree. I, I think like being very proud of who you are and um, your state of being is, is, is important. I also think, as I was reading through this one article, they talked about confidence and like being born with it or not being born with it. But I, what I think is funny is like you don't just have confidence. It's not this like consistent overarching thing that happens in all areas of your life. I think what is unrealistic is people having confidence in every area. Like I, for example, this is heartbreaking because I'm Canadian and I am horrible on ice skates. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to go, when I go out on the rink, my demeanor is 100% different than my demeanor um, on the soccer field. So I think like in that situation, like, is it realistic? I think maybe being proud of who you are and bringing that in all different areas um, is, is more important really than confidence. And maybe it's, do you think it's just allowing yourself to be confident in certain areas and being confident and not being confident in others? Yeah, and I, I think you bring up a great point about like you, you don't feel the same on ice skates as you do on the soccer field, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. But your yeah. self-worth is not in how good of an ice skater you are. Right. And I think that's where people get confused is that self-worth and that confidence is because you might go out on ice skates and, and kind of laugh and say, I'm, oh, this isn't really my thing. Right. But you don't feel that if people judge you over your ice skating ability, that that means that, you know, you're an unworthy person. Right. Um, and I think that sometimes if we look at how much effort you're putting into ice skating, yeah, I would say that if you put a lot of effort into ice skating at this point in your life, because yes. when was the last time you were on skates? Oh yeah. I don't know. Years ago. Right. Years ago. So exactly. I think it's that sometimes we go, oh, I'm not very confident at this, but how much effort are we putting in? It's okay right. if you don't feel great on ice skates because you're not really putting a lot of time and effort into it. Right. What would you say the biggest difference then is between self-worth and confidence? Are they the same thing? Uh, I think if you if you look at definitions of them, they're they're a little bit different, right? Um, but they're also very tied together. And I think, but you can have great self worth and say I'm not really that confident in my ice skating ability, but I right. know that if I wanted to be better at ice skating, then I could become more confident in it, right? Um, but I think that there's I think that they are tied together, but they are a little bit different. And I think you have a couple of definitions of those things if you want to share those with the audience. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was looking these things up because for me, like, the more I feel worthy as a human, uh, the more I'm confident in in things that I do. But I also gain confidence from uh, the amount of time and effort, like you said, that I put into things. And looking up self-worth in the dictionary says, uh, or the self-worth theory, sorry, indicates that your worth comes from four areas, ability, effort, performance, and self-worth. And for me, when I look at that, I would also say that's confidence. For me, anyway, you know what I mean? Like over the years, um, I think what I've made the mistake of doing is, uh, because I think self-worth, in my opinion, is, is more important than confidence because the moments where I've been injured and my entire identity has been wrapped up in football, I felt like obviously I had no confidence, but more uh, what was harder was feeling like I had no worth 
Um, but once I, it was actually the best, and I've talked to you about this many times, and one of the best moments of my life because I realized that my worth as a human was not measured by my sport and the thing that I had been confident or unconfident in, it was away from that. So are they, do they have to work together? Do you think self-worth has to come first? Like, how does that work? I think self-worth absolutely has to come first. Yeah. Because if we feel confident but we don't feel worthy, that confidence is going to go away. Right. You know, because then maybe we are only feeling confident because maybe we're getting praised or maybe we're having success. But as soon as that right. praise or success goes away, if we don't feel worthy, if we don't have good self-worth, then that confidence is, is going to be gone. So I think that that is very much at the core of right. confidence. So we talk about imposter syndrome a lot. And for me, that's, that's worth a lot of self-worth right there. Like, and for those who don't know that imposter syndrome is, is just feeling like, you know, in, in an area that you're, you know, you're an expert in or are very good at, you show up and you feel like you don't belong there because um, people are either equal, maybe not as good or better than you, whatever. With imposter syndrome, you know, how, how normal is that? Is that um, because you, you don't have self-worth? I mean, is that why you think maybe people have that? Because I still get imposter syndrome all the time, you know, and I talk about this and then everyone, and then I make a couple saves. I'm like, all right, all right, I belong here, you know, but so I don't think it's unnatural, but I wonder where that comes from. Cause it's, it's quite, um, prevalent in a lot of people. Right. I think it's very, uh, it's very common. I think that it's normal and natural because we're human beings. And I think that, um, sometimes we have like, you know, maybe you're in a new environment that you have all the qualifications to be in, but it's still new. And I think sometimes we've almost put these environments on a pedestal. Mm, Someone yeah. coming into maybe, you know, a professional uh, team for the first time, you know, they have put these other players maybe on a pedestal. And so they think, oh, I'm, I'm not on the same level as them, but yet you've made the team, you're there. Right. Um, and so I think that what we think people are thinking yeah. is a lot of times what causes that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, we think that we're being judged. Right. And I was actually talking to someone in, in, in the corporate world the other day, and they were saying, I feel really confident in these other areas of my life, right. but I don't feel confident in my current role at my job. And so I, yeah. I had this person make a list of you know, what makes you feel confident in these other areas of your life that you're talking about. And so we made a list. Okay. And then I said, okay, so now what makes you feel not confident in, in your, your work? Because this person has actually been in this role for a while and, and they're doing a good job, but that's how they feel. Right. And so when we actually talked about it, this person realized that it was the fear of judgment from peers right. that made them not feel confident in their job. And so realizing that it really was just in this person's head of thinking, oh, they might be judging me or they might be questioning me. Right. Really, they had everything they needed to be confident in their role. Right. And whereas they didn't feel judged in these other areas of their life. So I think so right. much of imposter syndrome or lack of confidence really just kind of comes from what we're thinking other people are thinking. Right. Well, and that you know, brings me to another point. Uh, we often, you know, we always talk about Brene Brown and a lot of other people that... Um, you know, in this area anyway, about shame and vulnerability, all this stuff. But the sense of belonging is, I think, really, really important when it comes to what you're talking about. Because if I go out there, and we talked about this with the Pride, the Orlando Pride the other day, like if I go out there and make a mistake, but I believe that I'm accepted and trusted in my, with my team, not that it doesn't matter, but they know it's a one-off or that I'm trying to improve or whatever. Like how, how important is a sense of belonging Belonging, and I know that you are working uh, in a in a corporate realm now, working on leadership and bringing people together and becoming better leaders. Like, how do you create 
that sense of belonging because I think it's really important for this. It's vitally important. Yeah. Um, and I think how do you create that sense is it's, it's first of all, encouraging people to praise the positives in each other. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about mistakes and like how we're not going to improve unless we're pushing our limits. Yeah. And so also being willing to praise other people when you see them, they were pushing their limits. Right. Praise that versus calling them out on a mistake. And in the yeah. corporate setting that I'm in right now, um, there's it's it's manufacturing, and right. so one of the things that I've talked about with leaders is saying instead of just pointing out when they make a mistake, yeah. show them, hey, you did this and this and this really yeah. really well. We just got to tweak this over here. Right. And so it's kind of that assumption that they know how to do it, they have the ability to do it, they're trying right. to do it. Instead of, I mean, none of us are going to feel like we belong if someone's only pointing out our mistakes and that's it. Right. Right. Yeah, when you're like focusing on their group, uh, on their growth, and I think we talk about even in a team setting, when you know what people are working on, what they're going towards, um, that is a connector because it is a vulnerable thing, right? When you're like, I want to work on this because it's, you know, say it's like your weak spot, but it's an area you want to improve on, and and when you're trying to improve on something, it's a vulnerable process, I think. So first of all, sharing that I think is really important, but then, like you said, when you know what they're going towards, then you can you can give the praise and, and that for me, that sense of belonging and like camaraderie is like really important uh, on a team or at a company. And I think actually quite easy to do as long as you take a few minutes to like sit down and, and have those conversations. We talked about fixed and growth mindset last time. And for me, fixed mindset is, is a lot uh, to do with ego and growth mindset is a lot to do with, um, you know, maybe confidence. I don't even know. So what, for you, what do you think the difference is between, confidence and ego confidence I feel like is more of of who you believe you are it's this like you know more of what we talked about the self-worth and yeah and ego often has more to do with I'm better than everyone else right you know and it has ego comes from um almost the what you might consider like the trophies on the wall of saying like look this is who I am over here I think it's so much more external and it and it's also so much more about shoving someone else down Right. Versus confidence says, hey, like uh, this is what I bring. This is who I am. I'm yeah. going to make mistakes. I'm going to fail, but I'm going to keep growing. And I think we talk about belonging. Confidence is so much more ab- about belonging. Yeah. It's like my confidence doesn't take away from your confidence. And my confidence you know, isn't, it's, it's not this, this levels, whereas I feel like ego yeah. so much more is about trying to maintain this, this being on top. I'm above you. Right. Not enough love to go around right exactly yes. yeah this is a quote from Giannis Antetokounmpo I don't know how to say his last name I think you crushed it yeah thank you so much when you focus on the past that's your ego and when I focus on the future it's my pride and I kind of like to focus in the moment in the present and that's humility that's being humble so uh, my question is we are we're always talking about mindfulness and and the beauty of being in the present moment and for me, I agree with a lot of this. Um, you know, I remember people would always say to me, you're only as good as your last game. Um, so when you are in the, in the present moment, not worried about the future or past or whatever, does confidence matter? I think if we go back to confidence, it's being much more tied to self-worth. Yeah. Then in the moment, our self-worth is huge in every single moment. Yeah. Right? But... If we're going to talk about confidence as the concept of you're only as good as your last save, yeah, then we're we're out of the present moment, right? Because right. your last save doesn't matter in that moment. 
right? right. Um, or whether or not you're going to play the next game doesn't matter in that moment. Right. And I think that 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 the quote that you read is yes. is so such a great defining a difference between ego because absolutely ego is like, well, I made that last save, so thus I'm incredible. Right. Right. Whereas confidence says. I'm incredible regardless. You know, right. it's that self-worth. And so whatever happened in that last moment, you know, is irrelevant. Right. And I think that um, so many people, if, if we go on your only as good as your last save, well, what if you haven't had a good save yet? Right. Who are you? Right, 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 right. right. So, so it's, if it's dependent on these outcomes or these big moments, um, then when those things don't happen or if they don't go your way, then it strips you of quote-unquote, your confidence or your ego. Right. Right. No, I totally agree. We are going to return to the second half of this episode in just a moment. But say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds, if you can believe that, you can find at a light price $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. And here's the rest of the episode. We kind of talk about faking it until you make it. And uh, I know this is a outdated and we could talk about that. Amy Cuddy is a social scientist, gave a TED talk at TED Talk Global 2012 about power poses, claiming that certain poses standing or sitting actually create changes in your body chemistry. And I think that is actually quite accurate. But uh, she made claims of increases of testosterone up to 20% and cortisol levels falling sharply. I think that's kind of up for debate. But what do you think about that? I have my opinions about like sitting for a meditation and like your posture matters for a lot of reasons. But um, what do you think? Is it true? Fake it till you make it? Is that a real thing? Um, how you hold your body? Is that, is that something that you suggest for people working on their confidence? You know, when we, we talk about posture, I mean how we feel often comes out in our posture. Yeah, um, absolutely. But on the flip side, if you're not feeling confident and you do improve your posture, you do do the head up, shoulders back. Yeah. Like you said, with, with this research, there's been some other research that says, does it really raise your testosterone? Does it affect your cortisol? There's been some things where people say, oh, they didn't get the same result. But the thing that is consistent throughout all of that research yeah. is that people feel more confident yeah. when they're head up, shoulders back. So maybe you don't feel very confident and then you hold yourself in that position. It right. actually does have positive results. And I, uh, my dad was a, a Marine uh, before okay. I was born. And yeah. so as long as I can remember, he always said head up, shoulders back. Like that was always right. his thing uh, for me. Yeah. And I know that when I walk into a situation where I might feel uncomfortable, his voice is in my head of head up, shoulders back. And it makes me feel better right. going into that environment. It absolutely makes a difference. It's just like um, you don't feel like smiling and you smile. It actually, I mean, okay, I'm not saying always force a smile. But my point right. being that doctors, you know, research shows that the more we smile, yeah. the, the better we feel. 
And right. again, I'm not a proponent. I'm not saying people need to force a smile. That's not <laughs> yeah, my point yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. But there's actually research behind, right. you know, like putting on, like basically, yeah, the head up, shoulders back, or putting a smile on your face and that it actually changes the way we feel about things. Right. Well, maybe that's tied back to like, and I, I learned this from you about motivation. Right. Like often people think that motivation, you, you just kind of like wake up and you're just got this like bucket of motivation and you're ready to go. But actually what ends up happening is, you wake up, you don't, you know, you've got your running shoes out and you're like, oh God, I don't want to do this. And you get your running shoes on, you go out the door, you go for that run. And as you're in the middle of your run, your motivation starts to increase. And maybe that's kind of what they're suggesting. You know what I mean? Like with the, I'm sure the hormones, all that stuff is true. Like once you actually, you know, and I'm not a Nike person, but I love just do it because it is about like just putting yourself in action, in motion, whatever that is. And then the motivation, all of that, um, whether that's confidence and everything else that'll, that'll follow. Absolutely. And, and Bear Grylls yes. actually has this, <laughs> Your guy? Th- this three minute rule that okay, I love. Okay. okay? So what he says, it? he says, if he doesn't feel like working out, he tells himself he only has to do it for three minutes. And after three minutes, if he still doesn't feel like working out, he can stop. And okay. he said, inevitably after three minutes, he always feels like continuing to work out. Okay. And so three minutes. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're right about yeah. the effort. And again, sometimes it's just changing our body language. It's changing our posture. And maybe we didn't feel it initially, but then we start to feel it. Or sometimes you go into a situation where you're like, man, I don't want to be here. But you head up towards back. You put a smile on your face. Right. You start engaging and you actually start feeling better. The power pose is like what is similar when they were describing the power pose and what that looks like. The shoulders back, like a straight spine. Um, like it's actually... Uh, very similar to how you want to sit during a meditation. Um, your body's always in the present moment. So if anything, that connection with your body, and maybe it's like a split second where you're not thinking and you're just connecting with your body, and that moment of mindfulness might be enough of an anchor to get you into the moment to begin what you need to be doing. You know, Because how many times like, you, you kind of rally? You, know? you, you yep. start doing it and you rally. Um, but I think for me... It's one thing to breathe. That's definitely an anchor for me. But when I'm breathing in a certain posture, um, it has much more of a powerful effect. And I think sometimes our body, we don't tap into our bodies as much as, as we can. You know, we talked about the importance of imagery and, and like how you said, describe it. You want it as, as accurate as possible. People in the room, colors, all that kind of stuff. What part do you think imagery plays in confidence? Does it play any part in confidence? I think it absolutely does. If we're yeah. if, in working with players over the years, if they're struggling in a particular area or not feeling confident in a particular area, having them imagine that scenario going the way they want it to go, yeah. having them imagine themselves being successful. And there's a lot of research behind imagery and how, how positive it can be for performance or for getting over roadblocks. Okay. Because um, when I was, uh, when I was an undergrad, yeah. um, there was a, a, a school, uh, Cal State Northridge in, in Southern California. Yeah. And there was groundbreaking work that had been done there with, uh, paraplegics. Okay. And, uh, what they did was they would, the first thing they would do when they brought them into physical therapy is they would, there was a, a huge mirror on the ceiling and they would lay them down and they would put them in this machine that would yeah. move their legs as if they were walking normally. And the therapist there that was doing this groundbreaking research at the time, and this is back in the nineties. So I know a lot has happened since then, but he said, if they can't see themselves doing it, they're never going to be able to do it. 
Right. And I think that's the thing with image with imagery is like if you imagine yourself doing it, then it helps remove those barriers that we often place for ourselves right. because we are often the only ones truly telling ourselves we can't do something or we can't right. accomplish something. So that's where I think that imagery is such a vital a vital part of confidence. Yeah. You know, because if we keep viewing ourselves as not being able to do something, yeah, we're not going to feel very confident about it. Right. There's a lot of people that have like post-its by their mirror and it's like, you are awesome in the morning or they have certain things that they say to themselves over and over and over. What do you think about that? Like, do you think that makes an impact on confidence and self-worth? I think it can make an impact if you allow it to. Yeah. Because someone might come put post-its everywhere and every time you see that post-it, you reverse it in your head. You yeah. got this. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> You're amazing. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So I think it's as positive as we, as we let it be. Right. I've seen it with a lot of players. They get confidence from their coaches and the relationship they have with the coaches. If the coaches praises them and if the coach doesn't praise them, their confidence goes straight down. So obviously the self-talk is your own coach. How do you change that? Because for, for most of my career, my self-talk has been pretty poor. And I've had to like catch myself and, and like retrain it. And how do you reverse the self-talk? Because for me, the self-talk is really, really linked into your self-worth. And if you got if you have those things, it really contributes to your confidence. So absolutely. how do you start working on that? Yeah. Again, relationship with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, noting it is first because you got to notice that you're doing it. Yeah. But you're going to find what works for you. You know, for somebody, maybe it's a post-it on their mirror when they're brushing their teeth. Like right. for me as a goalkeeper, I used to write stuff on my gloves. Okay. You know, those reminders. So right. so each person is going to find what maybe is their thing. I'm super visual. So yes. having that visual reminder, whether it's written on my arm or written on my glove, is yeah. huge because, you know, anytime we're learning something new, it often takes a lot of reminding and a lot of, you know, doing it over and over. It's not going to be a one and done. Right. And so different people might have what works for them. If you're visual, then I think, yeah, putting reminders places, you know, wherever you're going to be reminders on your phone, you know, what, whatever that is for you. Right. But knowing that it's going to take a lot of practice before it becomes more natural. So, right. Yeah. I think that those, if you're really wanting to make that change, then yeah, I think having those notes or having, you know, writing it somewhere or having, you know, somebody else keeping you accountable and reminding you is huge, a huge part of that process. Right. One last question. Confidence can mean a lot of things to different people and where they get that from. And and we kind of mentioned at the beginning, it's a, it's a belief. Courage and confidence kind of come together. And, um, like, do you think that's really why we need confidence at the end of the day is so that we can try things, be courageous. Like, do you think those two things are are very linked? I think they're absolutely linked. Yeah. Because like you mentioned earlier, Brene Brown and how, you know, like basically that vulnerability of, of, of mistakes and putting ourselves out there. Right. And I think that that's what courage is, right? It's that willingness to say, you know what, this might not work out. Like I'm going to put myself out there and it might not work out. And if we don't have you know, if we're, if we're not working on our self-worth and we're not working on that connection with confidence, why are we going to put ourselves out there? So I think we're not right. going to make courageous moves in our life if we're not willing to put ourselves out there. We're not willing to fail. We're not willing to make mistakes. Right. Um, and a lot of times, so if we're not truly believing in what we bring to the table, which again, could be, it, it's going to be very different than what someone else brings to the table. And it's owning that. Right. So being courageous in your world might look different than being courageous in someone else's world. Right. But I think absolutely really tapping into who I am as a person. Yeah. And that, again, that, that it's going to look very different for each person. Right. And that's okay. Each, each of us brings something different to this world, which is incredible. Right. 
And so I think it's very much linked to, to, to courage because if we don't feel like we can even just show up as us every day, right. then you know, we're not going to make courageous moves or decisions. I think where self-worth and confidence are really linked here is like when you do take that risk and that chance like, and it doesn't work out then you come back to you. If you applaud the effort, if you're proud of yourself because you put yourself out there, if you care and love yourself, then you're even more willing to do it again and again and again. And that's like that resilience piece, the grit piece. Um, so if you have that, if you are your own number one fan, then you're more inclined to continue to try. And that's where the growth is. Absolutely. I love you saying like, if you're your own number one fan. Yeah. You and I have talked in, in different uh, places before and you're you've said before at the end of the day all you have is you yeah and obviously we have other people in our lives but things are going to come and go and things are going to happen and ultimately if we are our own number one fan yeah then we can do we can get through anything right right like at the end of the day if we're speaking positively to ourselves regardless of the circumstances then we can get through anything Amazing. Thank you again, Dr. Rachel Linval, uh, co-founder of The Mindful Project with moi. Uh, thanks again for your time. It's wonderful to have you on. Always love it. Thanks for having me. And once again, this episode was brought to you today by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for joining Rachel and I on this episode of Three Sides with Aaron McLeod. For more information about The Mindful Project and the different programs we offer, go to themindfulproject.us. Or you can email Rachel directly at rachel at themindfulproject.us or me, Erin, at themindfulproject.us. Thank you for your presence and for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.